Hello, and welcome to the Vergecast, the flagship podcast of this, our 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 website and media brand called The Verge, mm-hmm. which is about technology, feelings, Mac Pro feelings. What we shot a lot of it was an emotional week here at TheVerge.com. Anyway, I'm here. With you, the listener. I am Neil All by yourself. All alone. Uh, Dieter Bone is here, as you may have noticed by his rude interruption. Hello, Dieter. Oath. (laughs) Oath is watching us at all times. Paul Miller is here. Listen to that laugh. Hello. Where the hell have you been? I was on vacation. Yeah. Where'd you go? You look good. You look rested. I went to Arizona. Yeah. But Mm. it was like a family vacation. So like they were like, let's have day one of the vacation be Vergecast Day. Yeah. And day seven of the vacation be Vergecast Day. Yeah, you really run into that with those seven day vacations. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it's good. You're you're you rested. Mm-hmm. Feeling good. I feel wonderful. You ready to have some audible emotions with us? Yeah, on the show? Absolutely. <laughs> the Vergecast. I missed the place it. For I audible missed it. Emotions. Well, then I missed South by Southwest too. So I've yeah. been really missing you guys. Yeah, I missed you too. Oh, by the way, Ashley Carmen's here. Hello. Our very favorite. How's it going, Ash? Good. Yeah. Yeah. What are you been up to? Reviewing cars, man. I know. Your screen drive. Yeah, screen drive. For the, the listener, Ashley has been, you've written two of them now. She's yeah. reviewed two cars. Mm-hmm. The Elantra um, and the new 5 Series. And the whole point of this series is to pretend that the, like, the rest of the car doesn't exist and to just hold the buttons and screens to the same standard as like tablets. And so Ashley and I were like working on it, and I was like, you need to be way meaner to this because it sucks. Yeah, it was too nice. they all suck. But I think that's like really interesting. I really hope there is some car designer in Munich. It was like people have reached out. They're very interested in this series. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a thing. We're gonna we're single handedly. Ashley's gonna make the car industry better at technology. I think it's (laughs) it's a good effort. We just we put up with so much mediocrity in cars. Yes, because 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 of the thing. Because you're like I'm in a fancy car. It's rolling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it will protect me from death if I roll it incorrectly. <laughs> the thing that Apple needed to do with the new iPad is just put some wheels on it. And then it would roll, <laughs> and we would forgive everything about it. Just, just put some wheels on it. It's an iPad. It's also a car. That would be great if the last line of your review was like, also, it's a car. I didn't mention that. <laughs> Anyway, let's start with Apple. That's a good place to start. So, Dieter, do you want to? I'm just going to offer you this. It's just, it's just for you, buddy. It's because I love you. Okay. Do you want to talk about your uh-huh. review of the iPad? Do you want to start in three words of that review? Sure. It's an iPad. There you go. We're done. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, no, let's start. With, let's start with the big Apple news, and we can talk because we reviewed a bunch of stuff this week. We'll do that a little bit later. Let's start with like the big crazy Apple, the uh, totally out of character. Very oddly disseminated information out of Apple this week. New they, desktop computer, who dis? Yeah. <laughs> Apple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was strange. I mean, Paul, you and I have covered Apple together for a long time. Dieter, you and I have covered Apple together for a long time. Ashley, I'm, you're new to the crazy. I'm new to the crazy. It's true. This is n- next level crazy. Yeah. It's, it's not crazy. normal. This is the weirdest thing since like they fired Scott Forstall. As far as like Apple, this is how Apple admits its mistakes. So Scott Forstall, they fired during, I believe, Hurricane Sandy. So I was not, yeah. I had been evacuated and they put out the press release like while I was cowering in a hotel room waiting for yeah. a hurricane Other companies do like Friday news dumps. Apple just waits for a natural disaster. <laughs> <laughs> that's how they make it. But that's not what they news. did here. So what they did here is they, they called in a bunch of excellent journalists. I don't mean to denigrate them all. They just like hand selected 
some great journalists, called them all in Apple, put them all in a room. John Gruber, John Pukowski, uh, Lance Ulanoff, Ina Fried, Matthew Panzerino. Matt Pen- yep. And said, uh, and Panzerino published the entire transcript of this meeting today. So I, yeah, I just which, read it on By Touch the way, Rank. it's going to be really hard for me to focus because like I, every single – so people read Apple statements. It's like Kremlinology, you know, it's mm-hmm. they they speak in such a particular way and they've done it for so many years that reading between the lines of what they're saying is like there's a whole cottage industry of it. And if you've never been in a room with Apple, I'll just give you like the behind the scenes thing and you can kind of see it here like you will ask them a question. They'll give you an answer. And like in your head, you're like, man, that is really like eloquent and like well thought out and also incredibly carefully parsed. And so later on, you will, you know, ask the same question, but in a different way. And they'll give you literally word for word the exact same sentence. Like Apple Apple executives would make the greatest like, I don't know, Broadway stars because they, <laughs> they never forget a line. Yeah. They never forget a line. They're good. They're very good. Yeah. Um, so, so seeing a whole transcript of like what, I, as far as I can tell, is a a monumental like I don't want to say performance because like they are genuinely speaking, but like their ability to like not say we screwed up, but like have language that approaches it and keep talking about it for like a solid hour and yeah. not like screw up and like say something dumb like. In this very podcast, we're going to talk for a solid hour, and I'm going to say like 15 self-incriminating things that make me look like an idiot, and that never happens with Apple. So it's I shot a man. Anyway. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> but let's talk about what it is before we get into the chronology. Yeah. So Apple put out the Mac Pro in 2013. Phil Schiller stood on stage and said, can't innovate my ass, which was not in the script. And so like Apple PR at the time was like, Ugh. I remember that very clearly. It's, I don't know if you, I'm assuming our audience knows what Mac Pro is. It's a cylinder. It Inside the cylinder, there's a triangular core with GPUs on two sides and CPU on, on the third side. And there's a right. huge, slowly spinning fan on top. And the whole idea was that dual GPUs would be the thing. There's thermally balanced heat. The slow fan pulls everything out at once. And Apple... I, as I'm sure everyone is aware, believes that external peripherals over semi-proprietary interconnects are the future of all computing. <laughs> so they thought Thunderbolt 2 expansion would be the thing. None of that panned out. Actually, Paul, I want to hear your take on sort of what's what's up with GPUs because um, it seems like they made this big bet on AMD parallel GPUs and the whole world is living in NVIDIA town now. Yeah, well, there, there was a time when, like, if you were going to go real crazy – you do like four GPUs, mm-hmm. and and that is just not for whatever reason. I'm not exactly sure why, but the architecture has not worked out for lots of GPUs, and there's hardly anybody's even doing dual GPUs right now. You just don't get a huge performance benefit. So it's mostly about one big GPU. But the, I mean, the whole problem is that the Mac Pro is a beautiful piece of engineering. Yeah. It's absolutely wonderful. The thing we, we've is, we've got them all over this office. The, all the edit suites in the, in the video studio. Are there, Mac there's just 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 fundamental physics that if you if you want more power, it's going to use more electricity and release more heat. Yeah. And the size of the Mac Pro and its layout does an amazing job for what it does. But there's just a hard ceiling on how much heat you can basically have. Yeah. In that box. And yeah, the thing is. I, I, 
I don't know all the details, and I'm reading, reading this transcript as well right now, but it's really easy for them to fix it. Yeah. They could go to Micro Center, <laughs> buy a tower. Yeah. Oh, and, and the other news today, NVIDIA uh, just announced a new uh, top-of-the-line graphics card. That Wait, hold on. I feel like we're, we keep on getting sidetracked by how much we want to talk about the thing, but we haven't yet fully okay, said okay. the thing. I'm sorry. So they anyway, they put out this old Mac Pro in 2013. They haven't touched it in four years. Hmm. It's been on the market for over a 1,000 days. Well, uh, if they touched it, we get fingerprints on it. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there's a lot of questions. When the new MacBook Pros came out, there's a lot of consternation from the pro community. People were mad about the escape key. They're mad about ports. Uh, and then everybody noticed, oh, and they haven't touched the Mac Pro at all either. And there was just a lot of questions. And basically what they said in this hour-long conversation was, we saw a lot of pros moving to iMacs. We thought that was fine. We didn't really know what to do with the Mac Pro. And then we realized sometime, unclear when they realized that they couldn't do the highest-end applications on the Mac Pro in its current design. So they're going to put out a new modular Mac Pro. They kept on calling it modular. Uh, yeah. They're going to put out a new Apple-branded display. And they told me when the MacBook Pro came out, we Dieter and I were in a briefing, and they were showing off the LG 5K displays. And I said, does this mean you guys aren't making displays anymore? And basically the answer was, we're going to leave it to the people who do a better job. And they like gestured toward the LG, and you know, they, you know, Apple never. The, the, it wasn't like a hard answer, but it was like LG is doing better at this than we are. They stopped making or selling the Thunderbolt display, indicating that they had indeed stopped making displays or selling them based on their actions. But now the LG display had like the most comedy bad problem ever, which is that if it was near a Wi-Fi router, it stopped working. <laughs> I don't even know how you get that problem. And so now Apple's like, we're going to make a new Mac Pro, and we're going to make a new display. We're going to get back in that game, and it's going to come out not this year. But they wouldn't confirm next year. I mean, it's got to be next year, right? I feel like I them refusing to confirm Panzerino, next year Panzerino like... changed the story today because of what you said. They were very, very careful to not actually say next year. All they would say is not this year, which is insanity to me because – now, no, it's but a I think I, my take on that is like the idea that Apple would ever give you like actual future information is so anathema to how they work. I mean, you could say first quarter next year. I mean, there's like way yeah. you could say the second half of next year. I mean, there's all kinds of vague t one. 2018 is a vague say, amount of you time. You could just say next year. Yeah, it's a pretty vague <laughs> amount of time. It's literally a, there's a year there for you to fudge the number. But to Paul's <laughs> point. You could just go to Micro Center. Yeah. Like, yeah. you could just build a Hackintosh. Well, I mean, my, my roommate has a, a very old Mac Pro, and it's still super powerful because it's a huge box that you can put powerful things inside <laughs> of. Um, but it, it, NVIDIA just announced, the, so this Titan XP, it's like a yeah. super powerful graphics card. It's like $1,200, but it's got basically, except for the amount of RAM it has, it's way faster than their um, Quadro 6000 or whatever, which is a, a $5,000 card. Yeah. So NVIDIA – and then AMD is about to come out with Vega. They're saying mm – -hmm. they said first half of the year. Yeah. They really committed. <laughs> and they're starting to push that. The yeah. rumor right now is maybe like May, like Computex. Well, so time. maybe that's the deal with Apple, right? They're waiting on AMD because they're really locked into AMD as their component supplier. Yeah, but they're, they're going to have stuff this year. And the AMD has great – Great processors, too. I don't know if Apple will use that. But all, all that to say, NVIDIA also announced beta Mac drivers, huh. which only makes sense right now if you're using an external GPU, which hardly anybody does, and it's not nearly, Or you build a Hackintosh. Or you build a Hackintosh. 
I like that Nvidia right. is just like on the sly, like we know what you're doing. We're, we're aware of the situation. I mean, uh, if if if, App, if Apple's going to take a year to do this, there's plenty of time for AMD and Nvidia to like try to curry favor. Like, look how sweet and great our our drivers are. Yeah, look how good job we did drivers. I mean, they're Apple's AMD all through the line right now. Off the Mac line. I don't think they ship Nvidia anything. I don't think they do either. Yeah, that's correct. But that bet. I mean, the whole point of this is Apple never does stuff like this. Hmm. And I think the timeline here is just really confusing and weird. Reading the transcript, a lot of a lot of the questions are like, when did you realize that you screwed up? Because hmm. there's a four-year window of, hey, guys, this isn't working out the way that we thought it was. And they announced that they were going to build in the United States. Like, a lot of big decisions had to get made about what this computer, the next version will be, hmm. and where you're going to build it. And who's it for and like what GPU to use? When like when did they decide? And they were like, you know, there was no meeting. And I just keep looking at that line. I'm like, yeah, there was. There was you're having a meeting right now about it. And you had a meeting to plan what you were gonna say. Right. What when? Because it's a year away. Like it doesn't take eight months to build a tower PC. So, Wait, so like, why do you why do you care so much when? When it, when I, they made the decision, I think it reflects like fundamentally a problem in Apple's like structure, like decision making. Like structure. maybe they're really disconnected from people. Like, yeah, like no one noticed, or they thought that these customers didn't matter, and no one is responsible for advocating them or serving their needs, and everyone's so focused on like the phone and like the iPad Pro marketing campaign or like whatever's happening over there that you yeah, could I mean let. The- you could let a four-year-old bet linger until your most passionate customers are mad at you so loudly that you're calling a meeting just to say, we're sorry, and sometime, not this year, we're going to have a new computer. Like, Apple's a computer company. Like, the idea of Apple producing a new computer should not be a surprise that warrants, right? Like, every computer, like, Dell doesn't hold meetings being like, we're putting out a new Inspiron sometime. Right, like that's what they're supposed to. That's their organizing principle. So, like, I just think like this is this is a sign of the organization not. It's it's too. They're too matrix, right? They're like a functional group. Mm-hmm. They don't have like these product owners. And I, that to me is that's why it's so interesting to me. Like, Craig Federighi never was like, "Hey, the Mac Pro thing is like it's not going great. Like, let's just put some new processors in the tower, and those people will be happy." Which they could have made. They could have made that decision at any time, and it would have worked out great. I don't know, Dieter. Do you do you think it's not that dire? No, I mean, I, like to me, it, like the the interesting thing about it is that the Mac Pro is a bummer. Has been the conventional wisdom for two years, and uh, what the hell is going on with the Mac Pro and Apple and the Pro market has like become like I don't know, like an uh, existential question. Uh, for the last year, or at least since the the new MacBook Pros came out, when everyone was like, "Huh, this is not this. No, this is not what we want." So the for me, the question is like, when did they decide that they needed to do this? And the the reason the when matters is, did they not know the conventional wisdom two years ago? And are they just like, are they like whiplash reacting to like the last six months of like? concern and angst or are they you know was this like has this been the plan for a while but they waited until the angst got really bad before they told us you know what i mean yeah i just I, there's a line i think it's federighi says in this transcript you know i would say we, we we start talking about it like six months ago it's like six months ago 
You could have held this meeting six months ago and been like, not next, you know, like something about this, the timeline of the decision and then the decision to release this information this way points to a structural issue inside of Apple that is, I think, very interesting only because Apple prides itself at seeing around the corner faster. They're like, you don't need headphones. Mm. Use these AirPods that Dieter's wearing, right? Like, that's their whole game. And they just didn't see around the right corner with the Mac Pro. And it's that, to me, is a more interesting thing. Like, I don't... I'm using an old MacBook Pro. Well, maybe this is a good transition to another corner that they're looking around, which is making their own GPUs. Oh, yeah. That's a thing. Oh, yeah. And the, the, what, what's it? Imagination is like basically like I don't I don't need you, but well, I do need I your was, money. I so was I'll reading the Hacker court. News comments on this. The patents around GPUs are apparently like like mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, and it's really hard market to get into. Um, so I, I think it'd be interesting. I would love like a Tesla style, like a company to get into get into the GPU market and then open up its IP. So to make the whole market more open, not I don't think Apple's going to do that in <laughs> any way because there's a lot of room for innovation in in GPUs. There, like the CPU kind of keeps on getting more. I just watched this really good KC Mertori yeah. tutorial on, on how GPUs actually work, but like the CPU basically continues to get more like GPUs with like wide mm-hmm. instruction sets, and the GPUs get more like CPUs, so like more able to do compute tasks and like generic computing. Um, but they're still like on on two ends, and there's nothing like really in the middle. There's there's so much room for innovation, and like yeah. you know more like like imagine something like in, an Intel type graphics where you have one set of RAM addressed by both, so you don't have to copy back and forth over a bus. But I don't know. There's there seems to be tons of room for for innovation, and and somebody vertically integrated like Apple really has the most chance to shake that up. Yeah. But they're only going to do it in their phone. Probably just in their phone. For me, the GPU and the iPhone thing is like, oh, do you feel like you have to do that because the off-the-shelf stuff or the imagination stuff is like not up to what you are actually hoping to do in augmented reality? Like That, to me, is what that's about. Um, I do want to go back just, just briefly to the Mac Pro and connect it up to the Galaxy S8, which is a, a weird thing to say. Um, Interesting. But for the new Mac Pro will have a dog butler that <laughs> listens to your every word. <laughs> there was a period of uh, at least five years where the default assumption about Apple products was that they would be the most beautifully designed and Apple would make really good bets on the specs, the internals of it. And that default assumption was like completely correct, especially when you look at the iPhone, but also when you look at you know MacBook Airs and, and whatever else, they, they bet right on high-resolution displays. They bet incredibly wildly right on ARM and on like the way that processors on phones sh- and then later tablets should get made. Uh, their phones looked better than everybody else's. Their tablets still look better than everybody else's. And I think one of the reasons this Mac Pro thing is so like terrifying to Apple is that default assumption of their infallibility when it comes to product design, both like the guts of it and the look of it is going away or is now gone or is at the very least getting challenged. So like not, not a lot of people are super impressed with the touch bar on the MacBook pro. Uh, we think that they screwed up with the Mac pro and, uh, well, so, know, do they. The, so do they like, and, you know, the iPhone has had the same design for three years. 
And sure, whatever, it still is a great you know phone, and we shouldn't want a brand new flashy design every year. But you like they they have been out designed by Samsung the past two years now. Well, the last at least they did last year. This year, if Apple's iPhone 10 and iPhone anniversary, whatever the hell you call it, isn't stupendous, I think that it's gonna the the default conventional wisdom on Apple and its design prowess when it comes to making products is going to flip. And I think it's going to flip really hard and really fast. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You're wearing AirPods. Ashley read a post about AirPods stickers. Like, <laughs> people are, like, trying to make them not look like that. Well, okay, I just have a question. Yeah. So, you know, you're talking about how Apple is supposed to see around the corner a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering if, like, Apple really just thinks people just want to buy the phones. Everyone's using their phones to, like, surf the web yeah. or whatever, like general consumers, not pros. And you're saying that the pros have stuck around for these past four years. Like everyone here has a Mac Pro. Like they're still with it. So maybe this timing isn't actually the, like they're upset. They want something new, but Apple's giving it to them. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It seems like they've stuck through and the customers are still here. Like no one upgraded to a to Windows win. PC. I think there's a bunch of people who are more interested in switching to Windows. And I think this is the you're probably right. Like the timing is right where Apple sees if they don't do something, they're going to lose a bunch of customers to the Windows end. Particularly, I think now, actually, you can connect it to Adidas to set up AR. Like, if that's their next move and they're going to do all this AR stuff, they someone needs to make it. And if they don't have products that can help you make AR, which requires a great deal of, like, comp- like they're just going to have to do something else, right? And, like, I think app developers... Like, what do you do on a phone? You run apps and you like watch videos. The people who make that stuff, you need to give them something to make it with. You can't make it on an iPad yet, at least not to the level that that you'd want. So I, I think you're right. Like the timing just ran out. It's just weird that they didn't. It's weird that they're late, right? Like it this just is seems probably like they're the right neglecting time. this audience. Like to me, it just seems like they're like, you know what? We're gonna focus on like the teens and moms who want to watch YouTube and who want to go through their photo albums and make little montages and. You know, just want to iMessage their kids. Yeah. And that's working out great. I can iMessage from my MacBook Air. Yeah. Like, awesome. And I can watch YouTube videos. Like, not everyone needs to video edit. So maybe they're just like, you know what? We're going to sit back. Yeah. I don't know. But that's the thing. Like, they're not. I. <laughs> Again, I'm new to the no, Apple. No, no, it's not that. It's like <laughs> Apple's supposed to be this scrappy upstart. And now they're acting like the big company that is like, well, we're going to buy it anyway. Like that, I think that's, yeah, that's what gets me. Right? Yeah, like, that's totally yeah. how I see it. They're act, they're like, well, you don't have a like, what you do? You want to use Windows? Mm. That's Here totally how they're acting. It's a circle. We made you a fucking circle. Just use it. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I don't think they want to be that company. I don't. I don't know. It just makes me. It makes me sad to think of them as being that company. If you're working in 3D, which you have to do to do augmented reality, you are on Windows right now. Yeah, I mean Palmer Lucky, like two years ago, was like, I whatever, like I can't support it. They don't have a good GPU. Mm-hmm. Like that was two years ago, and like that, if that is indeed the future, then they're, they're going to have to catch up. And maybe that's like maybe that was the wake up, right? Like they're working on their big AR plans, and like somehow I don't think Palmer Lucky. Uh, no, 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 I meant like Mac. Apple's working on their big AR plans because you know Tim Cook keeps keeps talking about it. And right. like their own engineers are like, yeah, we're going to need to build some PCs here because we can't use our own products. <laughs> like, that would suck if you're Apple. You're like, well, can someone place an order for as many Windows PCs as possible? <laughs> um, let's move on. Can we beat this horse? Uh, we can talk we, about Clips if you want. I don't want to talk about Lauren, Lauren no, actually, and Ashley actually, both played with it. You made a video about Clips. Lauren did like yeah. a little thing. 
I mean, yeah, it's just a video editing app. Uh, it's kind of <laughs> like, it's basically the in-between of those photo montage like things that Apple puts together from your albums and iMovie. And it's all designed to be done from your phone. Do you see yourself, like to me, like at a fundamental level, the big question with clips is, do I want to edit a thing and then have to like dump it out to another app to post it? Or do I want my funny face video editing app to be built into the social networking app that I'm posting it to? Like that's a, it's an interesting choice. And it's like a, well, you I, just mentioned like like a mom-friendly choice. Like it's a really mom-friendly way oh, to design this kind of app. It's definitely mom-friendly, but it's funny because I have a friend who works at a coffee shop and he recently was talking about like how he wants to do how-to videos behind the scenes sort of things. And he was doing it on Instagram where you can like start and stop your videos. You can walk away for 10 minutes and he would show how to cold brew coffee. And I was telling him about Clips and it's actually, that's like the perfect app for someone like him who's just like, a small brand and wants to show people behind the scenes. Like it's great for that. Yeah. And that's, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's like, he can make something infinitely better. I'm not saying it's like the best or something, yeah. but it's better than your Instagram video. There's no music. Yeah. Music is something. Music is something. Although you're going to hear uh, that this Tiki track way too often. Just prepare yourselves. There's something called Tiki horizon it's coming for you. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming for your grams. Check it out. Um, we should do an entire story on like default Apple sounds that are just part of oral environment. But didn't they? Didn't they literally commission like Hans Zimmer to make some of this music? Yeah, yeah. They have some weird soundtracks. Oh, Hans. Something called Mambo Jumbo. Great know. for a coffee shop. How to? Wait, what's your go-to? Is it? Tiki? I like Tiki Horizon. <laughs> Who doesn't like Tiki Horizon? <laughs> it's very much my vibe. Yeah, I, Tiki I Horizon Tiki and Mambo girl. Jumbo. <laughs> like, are they gonna are they gonna open up a shitty Mexican restaurant? Is that their plan? Or a sick ass beach bar? Yeah. Woo. <laughs> okay. Fair. What was it? Cocktails. <laughs> Cocktails. <laughs> we are guys, not going down another Tom Cruise movie rabbit hole. No. People I mean, should play with great, it. Is first of what all. I would say. Cocktail, I think, taught me everything about no, philosophically don't do this. about selling out. Right, like you got to keep your no. integrity, man. Yeah, god damn it. Let's watch. Look, cocktail. if you're <laughs> if you're gonna talk about Tom Cruise movies, I'm gonna go on a four hour like fever dream rant about Legend. Okay, so let's just move how on. it's a really good and underappreciated movie. <laughs> what was the first movie? It's that- Ridley Scott, right? I think so. It's like the Ridley Scott made a Lord of the Rings movie with Tom Cruise in it. Yeah. And the unicorn. Right. Can I tell you a really embarrassing story? You, you have Every to. day. Uh, when I was like, a, I don't know, 11, I guess, when this movie came out, all the ads were about how it was shot in like ultra widescreen. Cocktails or legend? No, I'm not. I haven't revealed the movie yet. Okay. And I was like a nerd. And I was like, man, they like shot it with this crazy camera. It's in widescreen. So uh-huh. I made my dad take me to see Far and Away. You've seen this movie? It's not a good movie to go watch with your dad when you're 11. And away. Yeah. It's a Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman joint. Uh, Tom Cruise leaves Ireland with his landlord's daughter after some trouble with her, according to the IMDb. It's the worst description of a movie Quote, unquote, some trouble with her. Ron Howard movie? A young man leaves Ireland with his landlord's daughter after some trouble with her. That's all it says. (laughs) 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 Anyway. Let's move on. I'm going to read this ad for a product. The product is called HelloFresh. 
Whether you're a busy professional couple, a large family that runs at a breakneck pace, or someone who simply wants to start cooking more, HelloFresh makes it easier, tastier, and healthier than ever to enjoy the experience of cooking new recipes and eating together at home. From creating recipes and planning the meals to grocery shopping and even delivering all of the pre-measured ingredients, HelloFresh delivers right to your door so you can skip the trick. Skip the trip. So you can skip the trip. HelloFresh delivers right to your door so you can skip the trip. HelloFresh currently offers customers a classic box, a veggie box, or a family box. You can order three, four, or five different meals per week designed for either two or four people. There's new recipes created every week, so you never get bored. HelloFresh sources the freshest ingredients measured to the exact quantities needed, so there's no food waste. There's two full-time registered dietitians on staff who review every recipe to ensure it's nutritionally balanced. It's all delivered to your door in a special insulated box for free. And they've now got new light meals for spring and breakfast options. Who doesn't love breakfast? So for $30 off your first week of deliveries, visit HelloFresh.com and enter code VERGE30 when you subscribe. That's VERGE30. HelloFresh.com. Paul, you're, you've returned. Uh-huh. And every week. Every week. You do a segment. Even when I'm gone, I do it, too. <laughs> Never missed one. Never. Ever. We always do it at the same time in the show. And always has the same name. Yeah, it's called, here's a new phone. It's called. Uh, we could have named the entire <laughs> website that. I know. <laughs> Big missed opportunity. So there's this company called out of Korea called Samsung. Oh, yeah. It's got oh, a new what? phone. It's Is your gadgetorial the SA? Yeah. Are you <laughs> You cannot do that. There's a big one and there's a smaller one. Go back on vacation. (laughs) Ashley, every week you do a segment. Yes. So this segment is called, huh, that looks a lot like a bee's hive. Hey. Yeah. And it is Bang & Olufsen's new modular speaker set called the Bio Sound Shape. Oh, yeah. And it looks like a bee's hive. It's really cool. you say bee's hive? Bee's bee's hive. Yeah. Beehive. Beehive. I think of the bees as owning the hive. Like the bees? <laughs> like hive. The bees there's hive. an apostrophe in it. <laughs> it's like no space, to, like, but there's an apostrophe. Is that like yeah. a, a hairstyle? That's like, our new cocktail bar. The bees hive. That's <laughs> great. Um, Come listen to Tiki Marauder's Mixed I five. like to think <laughs> of the bees having a home. Okay, me lie. <laughs> That's fine. Everyone needs ambition. <laughs> so this is the bio sound shape. It costs for a base kit. Four thousand two hundred sixty-six dollars. What's in this base kit? Come on, and that's come eight with the, the, tiles only. And it's each tile's a speaker. So there's speakers, yeah, speakers, amplifier, and yeah. they're shaped like octagons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you like arrange, them. yeah. But then you can like make it really big, right? But like, and it's supposed uh, to improve. That's so expensive. Are you gonna buy? Well, it's for eight? your upwardly mobile bees. Oh my god! <laughs> 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 Lots of honey being produced. <laughs> I think part of it is that it's <laughs> also. <laughs> Like, it needs more honey. <laughs> is there such a thing as like like dual ki- dual income no kid bees? Yeah, they're just like, out there. Just, they don't they don't actually have children. They're just out there living the life in their thirties without kids. Yeah, making making money and, and they're constantly building ever bigger hives to fill the holes. Their bees in their hive. hive. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but you're into this thing. Where's just I mean, thing? it's just so cool looking. Yeah. I could never afford this. I don't know. This is for office buildings, I guess. It's maybe to someone very like fancy. The, the sound who wants characteristics of a room because you're almost like making a wall. Well, Vlad like checked it out and wall. he was not impressed with really? the sound quality. He said it was good, like it's fine, Ooh. but he's like, "This is not for people who are like, you know, Vlad, yeah, who are obsessed with audio." Yeah, it's for bees. <laughs> it's for bees. <laughs> it's for bees. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about YouTube. So, do you have cable? No. Ashley, do you have cable? No. 
Dieter, I think you cut the cord. Uh, I haven't had cable for years. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like the last one with cable. 20 of them. Um, and I will tell you this story. We were at South by Southwest. It was like the night Matt Owl was going to be like, I've got the tax returns. And we all sat around dinner at South by Southwest, desperately trying to figure out how to watch MSNBC. Mm. Uh, we all failed. Like, just down yeah, the I thought line. you had, like, a sling set up. Um, I used to have a sling box, but it broke. Oh, was it your sling box at your parents' my house? My sling box was at my parents' house so I could watch Packers games. Um, it was so, but that was, like, wow. that was like an ancient hack. Right, like, right, right, right. literally, like, a coax cable is, like, coming out of the ground. There are bees everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so all that's broken now. But I have... Um, I have a TiVo that's supposed to have like sling-like functionality built into it. Mm. That just instantly, it just has never worked. Um, I think Paul has PlayStation View. That's in. I had View. Oh, not Paul. Uh, Ross. I got the wrong Miller. Ross has <laughs> yeah, PlayStation Ross, View. Ross and I. Ross and I both had View fail. Uh, view fail. Like just like down the line. Wow. I have. I have pay for cable. I tried to log into MSNBC. That failed. The only thing that worked was Megan found a pirate. Periscope of somebody pointing at a TV. <laughs> no, they're pointing at a laptop rather. So it was a periscope pointed at a laptop, and then the laptop started buffering. <laughs> <laughs> so like, just fails all around. So I'm like, well, thinking about that. YouTube comes out with YouTube TV. Ben reviewed it this week. It's got some weird holes in the channel thing, but yeah, the channel hole thing is a real problem. Yeah, for me. Like, but they'll they'll fix it, right? I mean, that's the promise of all these services. But it's 35 bucks a month, and it's it actually works and has an unlimited DVR. Yeah. Would that convince any of you to buy it? If they just improve the channel lineup by like fifteen percent, uh, I'll probably do it. I'm I'm paying for PlayStation View right now. I never use it. Uh, I'm not really happy with it. The unlimited online DVR is actually a really big deal. Yeah, the uh, DVR really stood out to me. Um, I do wish that it was also like the 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 real problem that I have with most of these services is like the actual like on demand component of the stuff is always really crappy. Like DVR is fine, but like. You know what? Just you've got it. You've got it available. Just DVR everything for me always, all the time. Like, don't just make it all on. This is a weird copyright law thing. I know. It's because then what? They're not allowed to. Right. Like, I there's like a real question in my mind um, why they can't do that, and also, or if they're deduplicating. So if you have YouTube TV and I have YouTube TV, and we both decide to record the same show, do they have to make two separate copies? Very, very unclear. If they do, that is stupid. Right. Um, but if they don't, then why can't I access your copy later? And like some weird, right? Like if I start a show ten minutes in, I hit record. Like they have a copy. Well, that of would it. be yeah. me. And like you would think that there's a to you somehow. Yeah. Right. And you would think that there's like a like they could do it and like make some reasonable argument about why it's okay to have just one copy of it that they streamed to everybody because they separated it out in some other way. You would think that that's possible, but you'd be dead wrong and you can just go back and read what happened to Aereo a few years ago to well, see just how insane these rules can get. Well, they, but they, I know it's a different situation. But yeah, because YouTube has deals, right? Like Aereo is like circumventing that's, the deals yeah. system. And they also had a warehouse full of tiny little antennas. That they were Aero, very Aero proud of. Did it right. In that they, I mean, they I were mean, basically. They, they the, failed and they got shut down, but yeah. that wasn't their bad. Yeah, it was the bad. Aereo the got laws. it wrong because their app didn't work. I had Aereo and it was like not good. Worked for me. Well, Aereo was about as good as Boxy. And I say that with as much promise mm. and hope and failure all mixed into one. I, I don't think 
you know what the nice thing about YouTube? I, I could imagine myself in a moment of desperation signing up for YouTube because something is so important that I have to see and it's on TV. That's it. And that's the one you're going to pick. Yeah. Because where where do you go to watch video on the internet? You go to YouTube. I go to YouTube. And yep. so and if you YouTube is just like, I know the app works and all that And, and you're there and they're just like, push this button. Yeah. And we're just going to, here's a free trial for a month. Act, activate real television. Okay. Yeah. And here's what I don't get. TV. Google secretly has the best deal in like uh, online media subscriptions ever. You can get YouTube Red and pull all ads out of YouTube and uh, Google Play All Access Unlimited, whatever that shit it's called, for ten bucks a month. So you get you get a you know a fine music streaming service and you get rid of all ads on YouTube and you get some crappy YouTube Red shows. I guess whatever. Um, that is a great deal. None of that, except for the shows that they make that nobody watches, is part of this TV bundle, and I don't understand why. Yeah, I don't know. It, 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 I, I I should have loaded up YouTube.com today and had like a huge banner, like pay us twenty well, more can, dollars a month. You can only get it in Chicago, L.A., New York, Philadelphia. And well, San I live in New York, Neilai. Well, I know, but like, yeah, and Google knows that too. <laughs> they know everything. And so does Comcast. And so does Verizon. And so does Paul Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he knows a whole lot. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> He's the representative for my parents. But yeah, yeah Dieter's totally right. I, YouTube Red is is one of the best products. Yeah, I love I it. Mean, I mean, are you, do you have Red? No. I hate you YouTube ads so much. At one time, I, I went through this project, I probably described this before, where I tried to create a targeted ad at myself, like tried to make a super targeted ad that was like five seconds long. <laughs> so that I could like, because I had this idea, like you should be able to buy your own eyeballs. You should be able to outbid advertisers who think uh, your time is worth this much. I'm like, well, my I think it's more valuable. So yeah. I tried to. I could never actually get it to work. Um, were you like in the YouTube ad backend? Yeah. Oh yeah, you that's, were, a, that's a really interesting project. Yeah, we should do that again. But but maybe someone who actually understands how to use YouTube. We there's a lot of Google ad ad people stuff. at this company. That's they, true. They all sit upstairs. I don't know what they do. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll ride the elevator. They all have great hair. That's all I know about really? them. Spectacular they, they, hair. Seriously, the best hair. Well, I'm yeah. definitely going up there now. Whatever happens up there, it's like a salon and an advertising business. All right. <laughs> um, but So here's the other thing about YouTube TV. It's 35 bucks a month, but if you sign up for it on a phone, it's 39 because Apple tar- charges the iOS tax. If you sign up for it on an iPhone, if you sign up on an Android, you're fine. Yeah. Um, Same with YouTube brand. But I think the most important thing it's here It's also is, not on TVs yet. Well, I mean, they got to roll out apps. It's not on the Apple TV. I don't think it's on the Roku yet. But when they get it out on the Apple TV, Google will have a much better TV system on the Apple TV than Apple, well, which and, I think yeah, is crazy. I mean, my smart TV is just Chromecast. My Vizio is just Chromecast anyway. So. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, does this interest you at all, Ashley? Yeah, I'm kind of with Paul, like... I use my parents' cable. Mm-hmm. Thank you, parents. Um, but if they ever canceled, honestly, I'm most tempted by this YouTube TV. Yeah. Just because, again, it's a familiar interface. I trust YouTube. Um, they have Bravo and E. They got to get That's what you need. Comedy important. Central. They do need Comedy Central. And I would like HBO options. Because that's like Hulu's one thing right now. Go to Hulu to watch Rick and Morty. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, I would just DVR everything because... I do it on demand. I'm not watching anything live. Yeah. Does YouTube, I guess I don't know the answer to this question. If you have YouTube TV, can you like 
do cable auth into other services? Oh, that's an interesting question. Probably. Two knows. Tweeted us if you know the answer. <laughs> so, so, random so YouTube gross. product manager. Oh. <laughs> what? Why would you do that? There's all kinds of reasons you do that. So that you, so you have one interface to watch all sorts. No, of like you know, you want to. If you don't have it on demand because you didn't DVR it, you want to like log into the Sci-Fi app or whatever and get it from there. But then you would just do that. Why would you do it through YouTube? No, but you need that. You need to pay. You need the TV because anywhere. YouTube doesn't have on demand. It only has DVR. Right. So, like, if you need to go and, like, log into HBO Go. Right. What does that have to do with YouTube is what I'm asking. So if you pay for YouTube TV, Uh can you take the credentials for YouTube TV and then, like, use them for TV everywhere? Yeah. You know how you steal your parents' cable credentials to do stuff? that kind of thing. That makes sense. Oh. This has been a segment on the Vergecast where we kind of don't know what we're talking about and we don't know the answer. So great radio (laughs) for everyone. If you're in your car, just turn it down for the next couple seconds or rewind and then turn it down. <laughs> also, big thank you to parents everywhere for sharing their cable credentials with their children. I have Seriously. now hit the point with my parents where I'm subsidizing them for things, and I'm very irritated about it. That's yeah. not how it's supposed my to go. My parents watch my Netflix. Yeah. Um, there's my... one called Paul, and there's one called Family. <laughs> uh, we, My family shares Netflix, and like my brother-in-law passive-aggressively switched their credit card back and forth Ooh. whenever it expires. Wow. Um, and then I keep on turning on the 4K support, and he keeps turning it off because it's on his credit card right now. <laughs> uh, but my niece and nephew have discovered that if they don't use their profile and use my profile, my recommendations get ridiculous. Yeah. So they have start- they've started trolling me through Netflix recommendations. Your niece and nephew troll you all the time, I feel like. That's all they do. <laughs> I wish they would study math. No, no that's fine. They're great. I love them. They're going to be great. <laughs> it's all going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. Yes, they're 12 and they've learned to troll and it's wonderful. This episode of Vergecast brought to you by Squarespace. Whatever your next big idea might be, count on Squarespace to help you create an eye-catching online platform that brings it to life. Whether you need a portfolio to showcase your work, a store to sell your products and services, or a blog to share your ideas, Squarespace gives you everything you need to look like an expert right from the start. You can get a unique domain, which strengthens your brand and makes it easier for visitors to find you. Plus, with Squarespace's award-winning templates, creating a beautiful website is simple and intuitive. You can add and arrange your content features with a click of a mouse. There's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. But if you do have a question, Squarespace has award-winning 24-7 customer support that can help you with any problem, no matter how technical or trivial. Think of them as your very own IT department. So, make your next move. Start your free trial at squarespace.com today. Enter the offer code VERGE to get 10% off your first purchase. Again, go to squarespace.com, enter offer code VERGE, V-E-R-G-E, and get 10% off your first purchase. They don't have a tagline today. Squarespace. This week, there's no tagline. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ashley, what do you pick? We've got a whole list here. What do, you want, what do you want to get into? Can we talk about the phone reviews? Yeah. Let's talk about phone reviews. Okay. Well, last week, there was a Samsung S8. Obviously, we're all very excited <laughs> about that. of the week. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be big, guys. I know it. And this week, we have two more Android phones that apparently are not so great. And I'm more just wondering if, like, no one is interested in these phones and if people want that same. So the HTC U Ultra seems like a huge fail. According to Dan, who reviewed this. Um, it is a monstrous, literally giant-sized fail. It is a huge phone. 
It is big and <laughs> yeah. It's funny in the way that big things are funny, right? Yeah, because <laughs> like big things are like inherently funny, like Andre the Giant, like <laughs> in that like That's sad like, way, right? No, oh, yeah, it's not like tragic comedy. This is taking a turn. Yeah, <laughs> sad a little bit because he died young. <laughs> This is the darkest episode of the Virgins. But but much like the HTCU Ultra. But everybody (laughs) remembers the the thing about the penis. Yeah, everyone remembers it, but uh, died young. But also... But this is a sweet color, we all agree. The blue is very sweet. Um, It's nice. No headphone jack, USB-C audio, non-standard USB-C audio. Yeah. Weird proprietary USB-C audio. HTC is like, you know, people love that lightning. What if we had our own lightning? Right. But we're HTC. I, just, I don't understand any decision on this. One. What about this little it, extra it screen? It has a second screen. screen. Yeah. What if we took Same. LG's worst idea from two years ago? I don't know. But Dieter, you reviewed the uh, the other one. Yeah. So the LG G6 um, is not a bad phone. Actually, it's uh, it's a very good phone with some pretty bad software. Because <laughs> I I just I don't know. I've got this whole thing where like there's like an LG way of doing phones that people apparently like. Um, and I don't understand it at all. It's like, I don't know, it's like Star Trek. It's it's it, it could, it's an interface that somebody loves and everybody else is like, I don't know what's going on here. But basically the the G6 is like the, the cut rate, less fancy version of the Samsung Galaxy S8. Yeah. Um, they both have the same core gimmick, which is the screen is super tall and there's almost no bezels or no bezels. Um, and that's like the point of the phone. And LG did, I think, a really good job. I, uh, when I took my SIM card out of the G6, uh, I have a Google Pixel and an iPhone 6S. Oh, and a Galaxy S7 Edge. And I like literally put the, the SIM in all three phones because I put it in the first phone, pick up and be like, well, this looks stupid. Why is the screen so small? And I put it in the next phone. Well, this looks stupid. Like it, every phone should have a screen that takes up this much of the front of the face of the phone from now on. Yeah. Um, it It is just way, way better. The stretching thing isn't a problem. And yeah, you can complain about the letterboxing on the left and the right if you really want to when you're watching video, but I don't have time for that, worrying about that. It's just like, you can just see more stuff on the screen without having a gigantic phone. Um, and so good job, LG. I mean, the gimmick uh, in my... Uh, video and review is I gave it a participation award. Yeah. Um, I love that you I, bought the ribbon. I bought the ribbon because like all the trophies were really bad. <laughs> I wanted to give a, I, I spent like an hour on Amazon. Like nobody will know that this is a participation pro- trophy. Like the, the, the world's game of participation trophies is gone. The participation ribbon, the box that it came in had a crying child on it. No. Yes. It was amazing. Oh my God. <laughs> But yeah, like they get, they deserve credit for being in the conversation uh, in 2017, having made a phone. If they had, if they would just have like, like normalized the pricing on this thing and gotten that pricing down to like 650 or 600, even, um, we'd be having a wildly different conversation about it. Uh, the conversation Wait, you we'd think be so? having is you, if it was a yeah, little if bit you cheaper, want an Android than... phone, yeah, you could get an S8. You get the S8 if you want the best one. You get a Google Pixel if you want a good, clean Google experience. Or if you don't want to spend that much money, you get the G6. That would that would be down the line what everybody would say about Android phones for the next six months. Instead, what we're saying is, hey, LG, Cracker Jack job. I'm you really saying that, that it's $600. I think it'd have to be five. Like, you're going to save 120 bucks. 
and not get the yeah. best one is like kind of weird. That's fair, especially when you're kind of like up in that territory. But if, if yeah. this is a five hundred dollars phone, I'd be like, yeah, this this is like the default yeah. Android phone. If you want the best one, yeah. I mean, we are due at some point for a new OnePlus. Uh, that'll be interesting. Um, you know, there's like there's Android phones every other week, but I don't know, man. I I, I just can't get over how bad uh, HTC whiffed the the U Ultra. Like they make the Pixel, they know how to make good phones. They've done it in the past, but it seems like honestly, ever since the original HTC One with its Ultra Pixel, yeah, um, they've just been like just swimming upstream, trying to get people to take them seriously and. Um, every year they they almost get there and then they don't and it's just like what are you doing? Well, you know how to do this and you just screw it up every year. The Ultra Pixel thing to me was we were talking earlier about Apple seeing around the corner. Like HTC saw around the corner. They're like people are going to yep. value low light performance in their cameras, and we're not going to get in the megapixel race. And they just like crashed. <laughs> They're like yep. we see around the corner and they forgot to like. Pay attention Turn. to the world around them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, that's like the story of HTC. Like, I don't know. They, th- I think they're they should just focus on making Google's phones for them and not worry about anything else that they're doing because they don't have it. I don't know. Well, and the Vive, and the Vive. But Addie wrote a great piece this week on one year of the Vive. <clears throat> she yep. referred to it as the Palm Trio era of VR. Ooh. Or actually, she quoted somebody who referred to it as that. Um, which I seems... just want to point out that I am not the person who brought up Palm in the podcast. Well, I, I brought it up to see if we could get you going on like an hour-long digression about the Palm Trio era of VR. Uh, do any of these phones appeal to you? I'm so locked into Apple. But my question was if you guys think the modular thing is just done now. Like, was that a one-off situation for LG? I thought the modular LG, was cool. Yeah. Mm. Motorola is going to stick with it. And it looks like Motorola's doing an, another one. They're going to make modular phones and dope rap videos. That's, that's going <laughs> to be so it. embarrassing that video. <laughs> Dude, um, is that modular interesting to you? Yeah. What, what what modules do you wish you? could? I just think it's cool that you could swipe out like to a speaker or a, ca- a better camera. Like I don't know, something about that to me is really interesting. Um, like I I just always feel with modules, if you're carrying that around. You need you can't just put modules in your pocket, right? Well, people carry around those iPhone lenses, like we were talking about today, right? So, so you could do that, but like, or you could just carry a Bluetooth speaker and a better camera in the bag that you would be putting your modules in, right? But the module would be smaller, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I just think it's kind of fun that you could swap it out. Yeah, that's I mean, all. it's kind of, but that's like, it's kind of fun. Is not <laughs> gonna <enough>. sell phones. <laughs> like, here's a good idea, although. Um, Dan loves the Moto phone way more than the Pixel. Like yeah. he's way into the Z Play, um, which seems insane to me. I will say that again, the OLED screen and the Pixel way too bright. Like every color is way too bright for me. I'm kind of hoping Apple does not go to OLED with the new phone, but I'm sure the G6 is an LCD. I know. LG, I mean, LG makes great LCDs. It's, yep. Call them a name with bad software. Yeah. I mean, that's, I'll bring it to New York so you can play with it. I'm excited. Paul, you gonna? What's your situation? I have not seen a single thing that any phone manufacturer has done that made me think, "Gotta get that phone." Since Gear VR, yeah, Gear v- do not, Paul. Honest to God, do not do not use uh, an S8 or a G6 for more than a day because after you do, every other screen looks cramped. Okay, 
Well, so, I mean, I appreciate that warning. <laughs> maybe you're right. Like, maybe I'm totally missing out. And Where's every- your headphone dongle? Uh, I left my headphones attached to the dongle in Arizona. So I'm uh, I'm on wired earbuds status. Yeah. Which is, is basically DEFCON worst. <laughs> DEFCON worst. <laughs> as far as dongle life goes. But yeah. I'm still making it work. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, like... The, all, all these phones seem to have like some interesting features and like, you know, uh, I like to upgrade my iPhone because I know I'll get better pictures and stuff like that. And, and or I cracked my screen, so I need to upgrade anyways. But yeah, nothing has been like, whoa, new phone is important and different since Gear VR. And I bought that phone and I played with Gear VR for a couple of days and now you're it. done. Yeah, I'm done. Um, I really, really want to switch over to the Pixels, my primary phone. And I'm really, really afraid of leaving all of my friends and family behind. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, that's that's what I know. Is you got to give them on that new, new uh, what's let it me, called? Let me, let me tell you something. Let me tell you I'm something true. I'm not getting true. <laughs> It's let not going to happen. Let me tell you something true. Yeah. Your friends and family are not that important. They're, uh, <laughs> they're, they're not going to miss you that much. And, and you won't miss them. Says the one person that makes me are, use WhatsApp. Human relationships are, are overrated. You're, you're, you'd be much happier having just a relationship with your Android phone instead of with other people. I have always preferred things to people. That's just a fact of my life. <laughs> that's why That's why I'm in the technology business. Uh, uh, Paul, real. Want, yeah. I mean, who doesn't love things? Who doesn't think the <laughs> relentless pursuit of things is more important than any? I mean, if you're talking about lasting happiness, you're totally right. <laughs> it's just things. <laughs> just give me more things. Uh, Paul, tell me about Project Scorpio. All right. Here's which the is difference. your new beach bar. Here's the difference. <laughs> what, what's my beach bar? Yeah, oh, that's a great Project name Scorpio? for a beach bar. <laughs> oh, mine will be across the yeah. beach. From Tiki Fun. What's the name of the song? Tiki Horizon. Tiki Horizon. Tiki Horizon. Bees Hive. Yeah. The Bees Hive. It's like, what are we going to rage tonight? Project Scorpio <laughs> is going to appeal to like local angsty. Yeah. You know, like the angsty locals. Yeah. You know, yeah, not just tourists. It's the real bar. It's the real bar. Yeah. You uh, have the best industry night on the beach. So I've the, really thought about this way too much already. All the. <laughs> <laughs> Microsoft basically there's uh, this guy at Eurogamer that does just amazing in-depth looks at console technology. And so Microsoft basically gave him all the information and he gave the world all the information. But the basic idea is that with the PlayStation 4 Pro, Sony took the the chip they had, made it faster, took the GPU they had and made it more, right? Yeah. But there's basically, it's the same stuff, it's just more and a little bit faster. Yeah. Scorpio is like a true upgrade. It's, in a sense, different architecture. And so it has room to be a lot faster. But, the, but it's not like wildly different architecture, though, right? Like it's still using the Jaguar architecture right. for the, the, the CPU. And, right, but it's like a new and, model, in a sense. It's like not like right. the new, it's, yeah. Um, because the thing is, with, with console development, it's always hyper- targeted at the actual hardware you know exactly how many cores you have and and how fast they are and and everything for the console and and so the 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 downside of the so the upside of this is that there's a lot more room for power it's like it's like six teraflops versus four teraflops but like there's a lot more power in the scorpio than the playstation 4 pro the downside is that there's possibilities for glitches in the games because if something's hyper optimized for the Xbox One and this architecture, which is slightly different, mm-hmm. 
the game's like, well, I didn't expect that to be there. And, and so Microsoft is, is apparently doing the work to go through the whole catalog to make sure everything is going to work completely fine. Wow. Um, and But it also means that, that a lot of games... So PlayStation 4 Pro has this boost mode. So games that haven't been specifically optimized for the PlayStation 4 Pro can still like get like frame rate improvements and stuff. Basically, the whole library of Xbox games is getting boost mode in a sense. Like so the, there should be like improvements to like everything Xbox One. Like you'll get a, a more steady frame rate or uh, a lot of games have um Man, I'm I really feel bad because everybody should just watch this Eurogamer <laughs> yeah, thing because yeah. I'm just ripping this guy off. But a lot of games have um, dynamic resolution. So when – like Overwatch does this. Like when it gets really hectic, the resolution is lower so that they can keep the frame rate up because like especially shooters, you want to prioritize frame rate. Um, so games like that will dip in resolution less often. Um, it, it's going to improve basically everything for – uh, existing or almost any um, Xbox One game or even like Xbox 360 games that run on the Xbox One should improve in some way, either frame rate steadiness, like staying right at 60 or right at 30, um, or or like staying at 1080p instead of bouncing down to 720 or 900. Um, but like this whole thing was like way less emphasis than Sony did on on 4K. So like 4K games will be totally possible, and I'm I'm guessing that will be more of like the stuff that gets optimized, like stuff developers going in and tweaking their games to have a 4K mode. And this game, this console will have a lot more headroom than the PlayStation 4 Pro does to be able to do that. Uh, so the game should look as good or better on the Xbox One if they have been optimized for so it. So what's the... They made a faster console. But, like, all this extra headroom. Yeah. Is it a decade worth of headroom? Are they just going to do this again in two years? Like, I guess that's, like, my big question with I, these new console I don't cycles. Think, I don't know if anybody knows yet if this is the new status quo where they the just bump the specs every couple years. I mean, I, I think they, they're going to want to have, like, a big splash line in the sand generation i would assume because that i think is very good for business but i don't know Dieter, do you get a vibe that like this is going to be forever where they're just going to keep on updating like this yes that's exactly what they're going to do um until they realize that nobody's bought any more xboxes yeah i mean it just feels like <laughs> you well you make the console break so you can like kill backwards compatibility right and like that's that's well, not what they're doing now. My, yeah, Microsoft's not killing backwards compatibility anymore. Like they they have basically through the 360 now. Yeah, well they I mean, this was their big thing last year. We you know we we did a whole bunch of stories and fe- a feature about this that like Microsoft is now treating they're they're trying to hybridize and change the console market so that we think of it a little bit more like uh, the PC gaming market where like there's just a platform you code your game to the platform and then it will do look better or worse depending on what your computer is and it will look better or worse depending on what your console is. Um, there's a there's a very, very real question about whether or not that's actually going to hold together for more than five years as a strategy. Um, uh, I, would, I would like to believe that it would. Um, but to me, like Microsoft's big critical problem right now isn't so much is their grand bet on the future of console architectures right or not their big problem is that the they're getting outsold by a huge margin by the PlayStation and the PlayStation has getting all the best games 
um, exclusively and they're not coming to the Xbox or they're only coming to the Xbox later. And, and so they just, that is like the bigger, more immediate problem. I actually think their bet on building a console architecture like plan for the next, you know, decade or however long it's going to be is pretty good. Um, I just think the games are pretty not good. And that's a problem for a game console. How many PlayStation 4 exclusive, like non-first parties are we talking about? I know Persona 4 was, or Persona 5. What other? Was Horizon Zero Dawn on the Xbox? Of all the times we need Megan. I think yeah, you're right. There's, I mean, there's out. also like the network effect, right? Yeah. Like just the general sure, sense sure. that like more people are on the PlayStation. Yeah, Andrew, totally right. Horizon Zero Dawn's PlayStation 4 too, um, as well. Andrew yeah. and Chris. Although it's, it was published by Sony. It's kind of first party. Yeah. But no, I mean, but Andrew and Chris have been writing about the fact that like the Xbox is great, but the PlayStation has better games right now. Hmm. It's just a thing. I need to buy a PlayStation, and I need to buy a PlayStation VR, and then I need to leave this reality behind. I keep thinking about PC, it. Dude. No, if you I buy have a PlayStation, to now, but I will literally I have to give wait. you my PS. Why do you have to wait until 2018? Or what? 19 Are you kidding me? For a new powerful Mac? Oh, because then all the games will be on Mac <laughs> right away, right that second. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. I'm super excited for it. All right, we need to wrap up the show. But Ashley, I want to give you. Uh, tell me what's up. What was the she best? She already th- had her moment. Yeah, I wrote. I wrote about clips. I did my screen drive. I mentioned both. Those were like my big things I did this week. Yeah, I guess for me, it's like I don't have any moments, so I'm just excited for other people's moments. <laughs> That's where I live now. <laughs> no moments. No moments. Well, it's just me and Ajit Pai. We haven't I asked people to tweet at him about the show for a while. We haven't. You know, if you're listening to this and you'd like to see Chairman Pai and I face off. Tweet at him. He's at Ajit Pai FCC. Uh, I've tried to friend him on Facebook yesterday. Did he accept? He hasn't replied yet. <laughs> uh, but we have friends in common, so maybe I'll start snaking my way through them. But he did some stuff this week. Yeah. Uh, Verizon it leaked out that they're going to rename AOL and Yahoo Oath, which gives well, me— Well, no, they're, they, they clarified that Oath is going to be the parent division for AOL and Yahoo. But it has been further clarified to me that the Yahoo brands will stay, but AOL's branding is really what's going to turn into Oath. Okay. So the AOL brand is is going to recede into the background, and it will be Oath. It's been further clarified to me <laughs> that You've Got Mail was a great film. Walt talked about You've Got Mail on his podcast two weeks ago. For like oh, my God. Thing. Yeah. It's a classic. We suggested having a screening. All right. You've Got Mail versus Sleepless in Seattle. Ashley, go. You've Got Mail. Neelai. Oh, Sleepless in Seattle. Dieter. Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> Wait, aren't they the same movie? Yeah. They're very close to the same. <laughs> nah, see, I'm, I don't know which one I like better. Well, let's just end it there. And next week, tune into the Virgast next week. I'll decide by next week. To see which late 90s rom-com Paul has chosen. Anyway, look. This has been, I would say, a good Vergecast. Mm-hmm. Paul's back. It was, you know, that I had to get used to his energy in the room. But it's good. We got through it. Yeah. Which is as much as I can say about any of our episodes. <laughs> but there's so much other so stuff welcome. to listen to. Uh, you can listen to Control Delete. Walt and I went in actually on ISP Privacy, talked about Sonos a bunch. The CEO of Sonos actually just tweeted at me because he listened to it. And he said, Thank you, Walt. We don't agree with you on everything, Neelai. <laughs> So that's great. <laughs> uh, we talked about Mac stuff on that show too. Uh, Lauren Good, I think, had Tony Rom on Too Embarrassed to Ask. Tony Rom, the great new policy reporter at Recode. Uh, they talked about some stuff uh, regarding internet privacy. Uh, Kara Swisher hosts Recode Decode, which is wonderful and very vital right now. Uh, Peter Kafka hosts Recode Media, which is my very favorite because I'm a big media nerd. So listen to all of that stuff. iTunes.com slash The Verge. You know, rate it. 
in iTunes. Just go through that emotional journey of using that software. That'll be good for you. It builds character. Uh, and then you can tweet at us. We love that. Uh, Ashley. Ashley R. Carmen. Paul. Future Paul. Dieter. Also on Mastodon. <laughs> oh my God. D- Dieter. Which instance, though, Paul? XYZ. Yeah, I'm on Mastodon.xyz as well. I'm back on there and also on Twitter. I'm on a woo space, <laughs> which is just the craziest. A woo space? <laughs> a woo dot space. I'm at Reckless. Is that a Mastodon? It's a Mastodon instance. Okay. Um, it's furries. I don't know what else to say to you. It's for furries. <laughs> I, knew it. I knew it all along. <laughs> but it's great. It's a safe space for furries, all right? That's my new social network of choice. Uh, but I love it. I think Mastodon's very interesting, and we'll probably be done soon. What? A space? Evan Rogers is there with me. He's my only space friend. Hmm. Uh, but I think Casey's on that. Look, just get on the Mastodon. I'm not even going to tell you what it is. It's a new hot underground social network. <laughs> And I'm at Reckless on Twitter, which is not the new hot social network. <laughs> That's the one with the Nazi eggs. Although yelling. Twitter fighting uh, the U.S. government, they just before we started recording, uh, they, they filed a, a lawsuit to not have to reveal the identity of one of their users. So good job. Yeah, good for them. Anyway, that was The Vergecast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. I'm told I don't have to thank a sponsor at the end. But just shout out to Krizal because you know you love him. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get. All right, that's it. Rock and roll. Paul. Snip, snip. (laughs) 